this is Kiran Nagraj from the Sparking Entrepreneur Show, and today we have Ellen Dyson with us. Ellen is three-time Brazilian racing streaker, 2018, 2019, 2022 for running all the Brazilian racing races in one calendar year, which is 26. She was awarded the Champion of the Year by Entrepreneurship in 2022 for supporting entrepreneurs. First of all, there is a lot more to discuss with you, but welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Tell us about running. Like you have been running races for a long time now. So, how is your experience? What are the learnings from that? I started running at the challenge of my husband in 2016. He said running can't be harder than having a baby. No, he, it was vice versa. He said having a baby can't be harder than doing a run or a tough mutter race. And I said, oh, I beg to differ. So I started running races to train for a tough mutter race and do that with my husband. And then my soul sister was studying for a bar exam, and she invited me to run with her too. So what started as a running activity to support people I love became an activity that helped me support my own soul. And so in 2017, I ran races to honor my mom's passing in 1987. Mm-hmm. So I did 30 races, and with each race, I set an intention to consider what would my life. Have been like if she were alive when I was fourteen, fifteen, and so on and so forth. And what kind of conversation would I would have loved to have with her at that age? And so what started as something simple became far more deeper with each and every single race. And、mm. there were some emotional races for sure, like typically in October, the month she passed. But by the end of the year, I found myself cultivating a relationship with her that transcended time, that transcended being with her. In a physical sense, and I was with her in a very different way. Long live your mom, man! Let's begin with career, okay? Tell us about business. Who are the people who should reach out to you? When should they reach out to you? And what are the problems or struggles they're facing? Yeah. So as I launched my coaching business in 2020, I was wanting to support mompreneurs and、mm-hmm. working moms, working women finding themselves, and I was really surprised to see. That Filipina Americans and Filipinas were gravitating to, and I found it so important to really deepen that relationship to my community. It is such a diasporic experience being Filipino. We've emigrated. We've been to so many different places for labor reasons, for opportunity reasons, and I want to support Filipinas in finding themselves, connecting to their core values, which connects to their identity. And finding a way to connect back to the motherland, if you are not there, and really looking at themselves as warriors and heroes in their heart, because we're all fighting a battle on some level, we're all stuck with something at some level, and especially after the last few years, we're all grieving、mm-hmm. a little something. And I want to just support Filipinas in finding that safer space to dive in and connect to themselves in a way that. Allows them to flourish in the present moment. Tell us about Filipinas. Is Filipina community only your target market, or do you work with others also? I work with any working woman, mompreneur woman that is wanting to just really connect back and embrace their own power. I support a diverse community of women. Some from corporate America, some going to graduate school, finishing graduate school. People who want to. Discover their movement and be playful in their life again. So I'm not focused on one particular community. It was such a lovely surprise 
to see Filipino women want to work with me because that was not my number one. So that was like when you think of the three concentric circles of how you build your ideal client, they were part of it at some point, but they weren't the center. And as I found a center with Filipinas, I found a grounding within myself, which then allowed me to move out of that inner circle into the outer circles of my ideal client. So I do support people from different backgrounds and different cultures because as a person of color, number one, I think being able to coach to our community because of the roadblocks we face in different aspects of our lives, it's important to support that conversation. Yes, it is important. And today's day and age, a coach like you can help us gravitate from aspects of life, easily understanding what is the best way of approaching our situation. Yeah. Uh, Elian, tell us about what are the difficulties of momopreneurs. So most of your clients are momopreneurs. What are the difficulties that they face and how do you help resolve them? I think the biggest challenges for mompreneurs are a couple of things. One is feeling as if I've done enough in one day. And when you're balancing career, family, friends, at some point you lose yourself in that process. So understanding that A, you are already more than enough. B, that when you take the time to take care of yourself, you're able to take care of others. And it is a cliche, but it is so true. You have to put that oxygen mask on first in the plane before your child or the person you're traveling with sometimes. Because taking care of you is an important component to taking care of everyone else. And then the second thing I believe mompreneurs run into the most is this idea of perfectionism. Everything's got to be perfect for something to be successful or everything's got to be perfect for me to know I'm doing things right. And when we start dismantling that idea of perfectionism, we enable and activate the energy around creativity, the energy around how you offer and receive support. And all of a the sudden, there's an openness to that ability to manage career family, taking care of yourself and all the meaningful things that you clarify and define. Yes. Speaking of which, is there any particular schedule or routine that you suggest you try to inculcate in their like daily routine so that they can have maximum productivity in the day, also spending time with their loved ones? Or what? Do you tell them to choose their own routine? How does that go? I believe everyone has their own rhythm of life. I totally believe in this idea of flow, achieving a natural state of being. And when you discover what your core values are and you connect to your core values time and time again, you can design a routine that allows you to pause and consider, am I about to do something that represents my core values? And when we find that rhythm and flow to how we take care of our family, what do we see as success for our family life. What does that look like? What does that mean? Am I courageous enough to share and invite that vision making with my family members? You know, what an important conversation to have with people that you love is like, what does it look like to be a successful family? And for my family, it's like a game night. Let's have a game night where we can play games, where there's a totally different set of rules, where we can interact in a way that is a relatively level playing field. There is no hierarchy. Sure, there's competition, but there's not a lot of power struggle. It's about being together as a family in a very loving way. So when you can create a schedule that is pointed 
to certain activities and actions that you clarify and define, you understand what actions and small sweet steps I need to take towards that. And when you've experienced that and you experience it again and again, then you're coincidentally designing that schedule that works for you. And for everyone, it can be a little different. Yes, it can be different for anyone based on the schedule. And if you want, if you wish to increase bonding with your loved ones, maybe you can put out an activity that can help do that. Leveraging your own. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. One of the happy accidents of this entire interview is my family running with me. Like, understand, if we want to spend time with her, <laughs> we might have to go running. And I'm like, yeah. you are correct. I've raised specifically with my son. He's nine. It's a mommy saying date. His name is Fang. And we do a race together, just the two of us in February. Similarly with my daughter, who's 12, we run a 5K race together in December. My husband and I, we do Tough Mudder obstacle course races, which is like 10 to 12 miles with obstacles in between that involve mud, electric wires, climbing things. The great thing is these activities require and not require, but it can include training. So when we're training, we're building that relationship. We're taking steps to prepare ourselves for this big day. And we get to know each other better. We get to understand you know, what's important and what kind of and what kind of vision they have that is independent of me, independent of anybody. And you get to see people operate as heroes in their own way. And I think that's the heart of coaching is bringing out the hero, the person that you want to be in your own life story. And bearing witness to that is one of the greatest gifts of coaching that I have as a coach. And just having that experience as a coach means I can understand where I need to pause and where pause is important to put those core values front and center as a guiding light to what I'm going to do next. Yes. Like there is a difference between coaching and therapy, right? So Absolutely. Tell us more about it, how to clarify when to meet a therapist and when to meet a coach. So therapy is a process and way to go back and understand what has happened to you that's impacting you now. And as a person who went to therapy for 10 to 15 years, therapy is a great place to look at grief management, anger management, addiction issues, trauma, and how it is showing up for you in a way that's impacting your thoughts and your feelings in a psychological kind of way. And coaching is a moment where you can move with all of that experience around healing and recovery and move forward in a way that is towards a vision that you see and seeing what is stopping you, what are the hurdles and what actions you need to take to get there. And in the coaching I offer, it is tapping into the type of mindset that you're willing to bring into your life. And people often talk about a growth mindset. Others talk about a creativity mindset. And there's various mindsets that you can bring. And it's a matter of summoning up that moment to shift your energy and attention towards that vision and taking action on that. Got it. So there is a clear line of difference between coaching and therapy. And you probably know by now when to, if you want to make your future brighter, reach out to coach. And if you want to make your past fader, then reach out to a therapist. And, and that's a nice way of putting it. And I always encourage clients I'm in discovery sessions with or I'm working with, if at any moment that you're having feelings come up and there's something about your history that you need to relook at, you might want to engage with a psychologist or a therapist 
or any kind of mental health professional and see what is there to look at. And with their permission, how do they see coaching working for you right now? Is it something that you might want to pause on and focus on the healing and the recovery? Is this something that you could run concurrently together? Or are you clear to go forward with coaching? And I always lean on a client to move and engage in that direction because it's ultimately what is best for their life journey and what their plan is. And hitting pause on either is the client's decision. And I always lean on the client to talk to a therapist first because ultimately it is their, it is their life that they get to take action on. Yes, totally. The way that you put it is so wonderful that we can remember it for a very long time. Len, before I reach out to my last question, tell us about the best ways of reaching out to you. I am pretty much on all the socials. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm Elaine Dazon, E-L-A-I-N-E-D-I-Z as in zebra O-N. The primary way I engage with people is on Instagram at your coach Elaine. On that page, I share a lot of tools and reflections and how you see core values working in a way that is not just on a personal level, but on a professional level, on a playful level. You can also find me on Facebook. I have a business page there too, at your coach, Elaine Design. And I'm on Twitter. I do movie and cookie and TV show reviews because I always find key learnings and core values on that. Same handle, at your coach, Elaine. Elaine Design it is. Do reach out, guys. And with that, leads to my final question. Now, tell us about flow state. Okay, how to tap into our inner genius more often than usual. So flow state is a moment where you are operating in such a way that you are totally present in the given moment. And this is in a way that is mental, physical, and spiritual, where everything else, you're so zoomed in on the activity that you are moving. And when you look back on it, it was as if you were totally undisturbed because you were such such in a state of presence. And it is one of those luminous moments in your life that can happen. And when you experience flow state, achieving it again gets a little harder because things get in the way. Because then you start second guessing, oh man, what did I do to get there? And it is that ultimate state of being. And where I see flow state happening and working best is when you pause and you set that intention. And when you know you've taken all the small steps over time, and that you've practiced this moment again and again, because it is, it's not discipline as much as it is being very open and embracing that moment to demonstrate your core values. So when you do that and you're in it, you stay in it and you're in it for a little while. And it's something akin to being able to cook a dish in a way that is from start to finish your mise en place to executing the dish and presenting the dish. And it took an hour, but it felt like 15 minutes. It's running a race where I'm a little nervous, but once I get started and I'm in it, I'm enjoying the process of moving through life and seeing people. And I'm not, I'm not feeling deterred by anything. It is simply sitting with a loved one and just being so present to that conversation that you're not checking your phone and that you're not looking at everything else. And you're being in relationship with somebody in a really loving way. Flow state is achievable. It is a moment where you will remember it and it is something that you'll crave. So that was no state for you guys. Do remember that once you tap into that state, it is better that you won't even have to get the work done because the work will be done and try to get into that state as much as possible. I am trying to do so myself. 
and elaine with that said thank you so much for such a wonderful episode it was an honor to host you today thank you so much for having me thank you so much again i am your host kiran agrawal signing off you guys take care bye